Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. We, we have been, you know, we have, we've been uh, discussing or uh, focusing on the oxygen series which comes up there. And there have been various messages, really, really good messages. And, and that's what, you know, I'm here to sort of continue with um, tonight. Oxygen, we've said, is, we've established that, and you can't argue with that, oxygen is life. Isn't it? That's what we've established. That's what biology tells you. Oxygen, every living thing. What differentiates you between a living thing and a non-living thing is that you breathe. And when you breathe, you take in oxygen. Then it tells you you bring out something else. I don't want to know what that is. <laughs> but I can assure you that oxygen is life. And in this series, we're saying oxygen is life. Prayer is life. Prayer is oxygen. That's what we're saying in this, uh, this series. And so we've looked at, you know, how you should pray, what stops you from praying, you know, what prayer is about, what prayer should be about, what you should focus on. And tonight I want to, you know, take a, a slightly different view or a slightly different look at what prayer is. When you breathe, yeah, you don't, you don't tell yourself, right, I'm going to breathe now. You, you don't calculate it, do you? You don't. It's part of you. It's woven in you. It's just, that's man. You, you don't think about it. But then if I say to us, let's be on our feet and, you know, do an exercise and, you know, take a run downstairs and then back up you will notice automatically that your breathing pattern changes. So you automatically start taking in, you know, more air and you're gasping because you've, you've altered just the norm. You're sitting now, you're relaxed. So it's just in, out, in, out. You're not thinking about it. So the point I'm making is that when you alter the norm of, of the intake of air, then there is a reason, you know, to think about it and for the system you, you therefore notice a difference in your breathing. That's the point that I'm making. So I said oxygen is part and parcel of us. You don't think about it. You don't decide. You, don't, you are not too busy to breathe. If you are too busy to breathe, then you'll be downstairs, really downstairs. Six feet under, I think they call it. In a coffin. If you are too busy to breathe. But then. If we say oxygen is life. And then we say. Prayer. Is oxygen. Then why then. Do we have a struggle. As Christians. Why then does it look as if. This thing about prayer is only a few people that are really gifted about it. You know that, yeah, I, I mean, if you hear him pray, you know that he's, he's really good at it. It's, it's his calling, it's his gift. And then we begin to excuse ourselves. 
Why then do you think that you could actually go through this journey without praying? My simple answer is this. I think and I believe strongly that we've got a flawed understanding of prayer. My message tonight is very simple. It's, it's, I'm going to try as much as possible not to be long because I just have one, one or two things to say. And, and, and that's because it's, it's not debate. We know that it's oxygen. We know it's life. But we have a flawed understanding of what prayer is. Because if you, if you look back, if the moment you hear prayer, I think it's just natural. You, you automatically default to either, you know, asking and receiving. Is that, am I correct? Yeah. The moment you think of prayer, it's always about asking. First thing that comes into your mind, asking and receiving. And then if you're in a more, you know, what's the word, a more... On Orthodox Church, it's about casting out demons. So you think prayer, you think demons. But I'm saying to you tonight that prayer is not what you think it is. Prayer is simply relationship. Prayer cannot and does not. Forget about what you heard outside from Whoever, whether he wears a bigger collar than I'm wearing now or his, forget about it. Prayer does not exist outside of relationship. And I'm hoping that as I progress, you get to understand where I'm coming from or what God is saying. Because prayer is simply what? Talking to God. You check your dictionary or you check any definition. It's communication. It's communication. It's dialogue. That's what I like. It's dialogue. So if you're going to talk to somebody, there should be something about, you know, an agreement somewhere, something that links you with the person. Even if it's just once you meet somebody somewhere, there's, there's always, a, there's always a, a, what's, a reason. There's always a purpose. There's always a, it could be that you... you in mistakenly bumped into somebody or you gathered here in church and you've not spoken to somebody before or you speak. There's always a point of agreement for you to talk to somebody. So I say prayer is simply relationship. Because in relationship, you have communication. You have dialogue. Please note these words that I'm using. Communication, talking, dialogue. Because those are the key terminologies or factors, key activities, key whatever you call them that goes on in prayer. So that if you don't, if you don't understand it this way, then no wonder we struggle. No wonder I will say, no wonder I struggle. Because I think, I, I automatically think prayer is, like I said, about asking and receiving. It's about a higher authority and a lower, but it is not. It is not. Because we are man, because we are human, because we live on this earth, we do not have a means of communication to God in person. Agree? So the only means 
of communication to God is through prayer. But then you say, what about worship? Yeah, like I said, worship is talking to God, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't know somebody, if you, if, you, if you don't have a relationship with somebody, if you don't communicate with somebody, the person will never know you. Or even if they do know you, they will never know you to the point where you could actually do more than you currently do, if it makes sense. You see, when you meet somebody for the first time, for those of us that you're either married or you're going out with someone, or you're, you, don't just, you don't go and meet somebody and then the first time you meet them, yeah, I think, for, for instance, I mean, I, went, I met my gorgeous wife in 2001. And then we got married in 2000, and I better get this correct, in, two, in 2009. Yes, October. How many years is that? The first day I met her, I don't think we would have sat and started discussing, I think our girls, baby, if we have a girl, will be called Phoebe, and I think we'll buy it, and I think we'll live in Aberdeen. And I, nah. We met. We began to talk. We discovered... First of all, I actually discovered that she loved God, which was the reason why I even went to talk to her in the first place. So I'll put that in, in order. So I discovered she loved God, and then I thought, she loves God, I love God, this is a match. <laughs> then we got to know each other more. Okay, I got to know she's got a family, she's got that. And the point I'm making is that the, the, the relationship developed. What I knew yesterday was different from what I knew the day after. And up to the point that, we came to an agreement on marriage, and we got married. And here we are today, nine years or eight years after. If I had gone to ask her or to say the first day I met her, or even the second or the third, I, we're going to get married, my daughter, uh, we're going to have a girl, and, and she's going to be called Phoebe. What do you think she would have, you know, should have said? What do you think she would have done? <laughs> See, a relationship... There is no one in this world that, that exists outside of a relationship. Some relationships are more defined than others. From your cousins, your brothers, your sisters, your, you all have, you have relationships. And that is the access. That is the point of reference for whatever it is that you either ask or you discuss or you talk about with the person or the people. So the point I'm making tonight is this. You cannot, you cannot pray outside of God's plans. You, can't, you cannot exist outside of a relationship with God. Does that make sense? Let me read Maybe before I read that, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Because relationship brings about belief, understanding, trust, isn't it? So that while we were going out, I mean, I was in Aberdeen uh, 2007, 2008, before we got married and she joined me. So while we were going out and planning a life, we were apart. Yeah, but then that didn't break 
that didn't destroy or that didn't hinder anything that we're looking at. That's because, I mean, in today's generation, you know, you've got mobile phones, you've got pictures and all whatnot that you can keep in contact with. Yeah? That you keep in contact with someone. So let me read this. The point I'm making there is that relationship breeds understanding, belief, trust. And when you trust somebody, you can talk to somebody. The person can understand you. You can ask and you can receive. When you pray to God, you do not pray because you want to believe what you've prayed about. Rather, you pray to God because you believe God, then you ask. Let me say that again so that if we didn't get it. You see, you do not pray to understand what you're asking for. You pray because you believe yeah? So if I, if I want, if I'm asking, if I need something in my life, I'm not going to go, okay, if I say I've got a sickness and, I, and I'm asking God, you know, heal me. I don't, I, I don't go to God or I shouldn't go to God saying, Lord, I have a sickness and, and, and please help me to believe or help me to heal me. Then, then Lord, Lord, I need to believe. Let me read this so that maybe it will, it will clarify what I'm trying to say. Hebrews eleven six 6 says this in NIV version. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So the first point is what? That he exists. First of all, that the person must believe that he is and then that he rewards those who um, earnestly seek him. James chapter 1 verse 6 in NLT version says, But when you ask, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person without divided, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. And the last one says, Matthew 6, 7 says, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard by their many words. The point I'm making is, in a place of relationship, you know what's going on in somebody's life. So we're speaking about ourselves and God. In a place of relationship, you know what's going on in God's life about your life. Yeah? And he knows what's going on in your life. So you are not going to tell him. Prayer is not telling him what he doesn't know because there is nothing he doesn't know. So I said earlier that we probably have, it's because we have a flawed understanding. No wonder we, we find it, I do, I don't know about you, but I find it difficult. No wonder you think it's, it's not a testimony to testify that you are, you know, that you are not, you're not perfect. Do you get what I mean? It's not a testimony to testify that you are not perfect. Let me read, I think if I can find it. Um, let me read something here for, for us. Second Corinthians chapter 12 verse 6 to 9 says, 
Even if I should choose to boast, this is Paul speaking, I will not be a fool because I will be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. Or because of this surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. In a place of relationship with God, he knows what you need. What you are asking for is not what he's planned for you or may not be what he's planned for you. So the, your, 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 your testimony is not, is not dependent on God doing what it is that you, on the miracle that you are asking for. Does that make sense? Then, if, if I've said all these things, and, you know, if, if I'm hopefully making sense. Then I say, so, so what, what is prayer then? I answered it earlier. I said, it is simply talking to God. It is not a command to God. It is not, it is not a blackmail. You see... I've heard messages or I had heard messages when grow, you know, growing up and earlier years, which are not wrong, but it is the understanding. And, and this is it. They say, you know, prayer is remind God of his word. Can, can God forget his word? No, he can't. It's his word. He wrote it. He's given you his word. But what, what, what that is saying is, listen, you've sat down with God. You've discussed with God. He knows where you are. His plan is your plan. Your desire is God's desire. So when you have an issue, when you have something that is, is out of the ordinary, that is, challenging, that is challenging the flesh, that is challenging you, then it says, go to God and have this conversation. Go to God. And remind God. And say, God, look at me. You know my story. You know where I am. I know where you are. What is this thing that stands before me? And when you go to God in that mindset or with that understanding, let me say this to you that it is not, again, it is not mandatory that what you are asking for will be given to you. Oh, how do I put this so that we'll read, we'll read, we'll read just now and it will make sense to you, um, you know, a, a life account to, to clarify what I'm saying. So when you go to God, when you go to God in prayer and are asking, as long as it's from the point of a relationship, and when I say a relationship with God, I mean... You've given your life to God. You are living your life on a daily basis. 
by the leading, by the principles of God. James was speaking this morning, and I said to James, I said, you, you basically just, you know, you basically just spoke what I was trying to, because he kept using the word relationship, relationship. And he said this morning that, which I had, I had written here, he says, the promises of God are not in a vacuum. They are based on the principles of God, isn't it? The promises of God are not, they're not just out there so that, oh yeah, Lord, you said this, so you have to do it and it's your word. No, the promises of God are based on the context of a relationship. So how can you think that you will get or receive when you don't have a relationship? I've just looked at my time and I'm seeing that it's already, that's, time really flies, eh? (laughs) Let me just say this and then, prayer does not guarantee the outcome you are looking for, but it does guarantee the peace of God in your heart. Why? Because when you pray, you create an opportunity for dialogue between you and God. And when you pray, I'm not talking about you must be kneeling down. I'm not saying you must be in a shut door or if prayer is a relationship, just like you are in a relationship, it's not every day you have an SOS meeting with with your family, is it? It's not every day you have a serious conversation with your friend. It's not every day you are making serious decisions, is it? What shall we eat tonight? Let's sit. In the place of relationship, in the place of relationship, you get to understand what this person likes, what he doesn't like. I wake up, go about my day. I, I keep telling my wife that I don't think I would have. I know they say this in movies and it's going to look like, uh, what's that one that they were in, in the sheep and what's the, ah, Titanic. But that's not what I'm meaning now. I keep telling my wife that. <laughs> I keep telling my wife that I'm just so glad that they understand it that myself and my wife have. Whatever decision or wherever I am and I need to make a decision, I make the decision and I know that she's already thinking about that. Or we are not going to have a big fallout. When we do, or if we do, it's on the understanding or on the basis that, first of all, we are human beings. She's not me, and I'm not her. But the underlying factor is that this was done out of confidence, out of trust. Yeah? Not to spite, not to hurt. Let me just read one passage here and then I'll get somebody to come up. And, and, and this is simply just telling you, when you pray, it, again, I said, I'll say it again, I'll say it again, I'll say it again, I'll say it again. Prayer is relationship. Prayer is not asking and getting. Prayer is not a bullet that has been thrown out and it has to be done because God said it in his word. Prayer, rather, is communication. 
It's talking. It's compromise. Yeah? Let me read Philippians 4, 67 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Listen to this. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. As you live in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but I was expecting he would say, and thank him for everything he has done. Then what you are asking for will be given to you. I hoped he'd said that, but that's not what he said. He says, then you will experience God's peace. What is God's peace? That's not what I'm asking for. <laughs> but in the place. I'll read another one for you. This is Paul. You know Paul's story, no time, I'm not going to go into that. But you know Paul, Paul's story, and I think I, I, um, I read this just a few minutes ago. But I'll, I'll read it again because of where we are and what the point I'm trying to make. And this is 2 Corinthians 12, 6 to 9. I'll just start from verse, verse uh, 7. Or because of this surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Three whole times I pleaded. Why didn't he take it? Because he says, listen, I know you, you know me. My plans for you are plans of good, not for evil. My grace is sufficient for you. In your weakness, my strength is made perfect. So carry on, you're fine. Last, last example is this. What about Jesus? Jesus had one purpose in, in, in life, isn't it? Come in and die for us. But most importantly, leave us man. And few hours to the beginning of his, that journey to crucifixion. Remember the prayer at Gethsemane? That's the... The Bible says he, was, he took his disciples and he was really distressed. Because it began to dawn on him as a man that he was going to go through serious. And you can actually jump on the keys if you It was beginning to dawn on him that this is actually becoming a reality. I'm going to be flogged. I'm going to die. It's going to be horrible. And he went to God. Again. He prayed what? Was it three or seven times? Let me just try and read it for us and see where and, and be close from there. Matthew twenty six thirty six. Then Jesus went with them to uh, uh, to Olive Grove called Gethsemane, and he said, "Sit here while I go over there to pray." He took Peter and uh, and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch. 
with me. He went on further and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. It goes on and he goes on. He came back, met the disciples still sleeping, went back. What am I trying to say? That was Jesus himself. I can assure you that if it was me praying that prayer today, I wouldn't be going, Lord, if it is your will. How do you go to God in prayer? I'll say it again. Prayer is not a bullet that is thrown out there. It is not a blackmail. You can only pray an effective prayer when you know. You remember the story of the sons of, let's be on our feet, we're closing now. The story of the um, sons of Scaphas, yeah? I know we always remember them and use them as um, examples. Oh, they didn't have Jesus in their life and so they called out Jesus and yeah, that's the story. They said, we'll cast out a demon. But then they said, in the name that Paul and whatever preach, we command you to come out. And the demon asked, or said, Paul I know, Jesus I know, who are you? I ask myself, when you go to God, when I go to God, in a place of prayer, where I am not in relationship with God, where I am not seeking first the kingdom of God, what do you think he would say? Lord, you said in your word, by your stripes I'm healed. The devourer will not come a second time. In the name of Jesus, I speak healing. Ta 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 ta. What do you think you would say if he doesn't know you? Remember, he said, Not all that say, Lord, 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 will enter the kingdom of God. And I said to myself, no wonder there are unanswered prayers. Because you can only pray amiss if you are not in the place of relationship. So as we go about this journey, as we continue this journey this week, as the month goes on, please remember, there is no life without breathing. There is no life without oxygen. More importantly, remember that there is no life without a relationship with God. And a relationship with God is not science. It's not that it's not unreachable. Wake up in the morning, thank God, thank God. Decisions, thank God. The Bible says, commit all your ways to the Lord. Should I have bacon and toast today? Lord, what do you think? And he says, okay, well, it doesn't anything as long as it means something to you thanks for listening if you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times then don't forget to visit our website www.thejunctionchurch.com god bless